0: In every generation, there are the chosen ones. The fanboys, the observers, the keepers of useless trivia. They alone must stand against the forces of television drama tropes. They are Continuous Play. It's about power. Who's got it? Who knows how to use it? So, what do you guys want to do tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Nothing strange. Well, mini golf is always the first thing that comes well, to mind. You can do better than that thinking about shopping as per usual oh there's an oh, r&b good. in the new mall i new items
1: i'll leave discuss it. save the world go to the mall i'm having a wicked shoe craving aren't you on the patch
0: was never work well, here never. i am visible to the eye see i need a new look it's this whole eye patch thing. Wow. yeah it's definitely doomed Welcome to Continuous Plays, The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective, featuring Brian Thomas for the cake. and Jay Newcastle. Are you ready to finish this? Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios, and any discussion of the characters' episodes or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only.
1: Welcome to The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective.
0: I'm Jay. And I'm Brian.
1: We're here to talk about Season 7, Episode 5, Selfless, written by Drew Cabin in the Woods Goddard. Anya grants a young woman's wish, helping a girl get revenge on an entire fraternity by having a spider demon tear out their hearts. The violent and deadly act of vengeance leaves Anya completely guilt-ridden and puts Buffy in a position where she must face off with Anya to the death. Buffy and Xander track Anya back to the frat house and the two women fight. Buffy stabs Anya with a sword, seemingly killing her, but Anya's demon side prevents her from dying. Xander begs Buffy to stop and Anya realizes that she doesn't want to be a demon anymore. Willow has called forth Anya's boss DeHoffren, using the amulet he gave her trying to recruit her to be Anya's replacement back when and when he interrupts the fight between her and Buffy Anya begs him to reverse the spell she did even though she knows the cost of reversing it is the life and soul of a vengeance demon he does so and Anya's ready to dive and even Xander doesn't want her to but DeHoffren instead summons Halfric and kills her saying he wants Anya to feel pain and suffering for leaving him and Anya is now alone and that is the plot's summary of Selfless. Brian, I got to tell you, man, I didn't remember this episode, but watching mm-hmm. it, I went back to when I was watching season seven, when it was first out, and I honestly thought this was going to be the sign-off for Anya. I thought she was leaving.
0: I think that was what they wanted you to think. I mean, I, at least that's what it seems like. As I watched this, too, I felt the same way that this was going to be the sign-off for Anya because... She was all alone in the end. Uh, her and Xander had a nice little chat at the end, but they both went separate ways. So it wasn't, they aren't trying to patch that relationship back together, which now would have been the right time to do that if they wanted to. So we know that's not happening. Uh, her and Buffy have squared off now and they have something going on where they're not happy. And, uh, her boss has now turned on her. So she has nobody left. Yeah, so, and, and yeah. her and
1: her one friend in the demon world is dead. He's gone. Yeah. yeah, so that's Callie Rocka. So she's gone, and I—I I mean, wow. There's just a lot of a lot of stuff goes down, and I'll tell you, I thought what they were going for here, and just watching this again was that Anya had fully gone full on demon and just gone crazy because, like, the way this killing goes down, Brian. I mean, it's it's gory there's a. I uh-huh. mean she, we we wake up and she's just covered in blood and walking away from this frat house and i was like that cannot be good
0: you know it, yeah.
1: it is a it is a real weird cold opening
0: it's a very strange opening I mean, we never would have imagined that anya would be a mass murderer like that but i mean we should have because that's what she did for a living but yeah just crazy the the blood everywhere, dead people everywhere, and it's just, and there she is in a corner covered in blood, and it's almost like she woke up from a dream. She didn't know what was going on, right? And all of a sudden she wakes up and sees what's gone on. And she doesn't know. She's like, what did I do? And goes to clean up and just a, insane opening i thought but just unreal
1: really is and i think the, the neatest thing about this the on an- this is a really an anya centric episode yeah and and for a lot of reasons but they, they really needed to tell this tale and stuff but I, the thing I, I really liked about it and um is the four flashbacks we get you know we've done yeah. flashbacks with anya but we we see how anya really has been an outcast her whole life You know, even after she becomes a demon, like that's part of just Mm -hmm. who she is. Like all this time, we've thought that Anya's, you know, quippy jokes and the way she acts and stuff were just her demon side. Right. And come to find out that it's just, you know, really, it's because she doesn't fit in anywhere, you know, which would explain why she would wind up with a guy like Xander,
0: you know. Well and you you do see too which I think is fan- fascinating is that she has magical powers yeah. before even becoming a vengeance demon she's dealt mm-hmm. with the dark magics mm-hmm. right and um, I thought that was very intriguing. We also get Olaf back, right? <laughs> the the troll that she made, uh, her ex-boyfriend. And I thought that was fun to see his story. I love the whole scene where she has turned him into the troll. And the the city people are like, it's a troll. And he doesn't know he's a troll. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he's like, it's me, Olaf. It's me, Olaf. What are you doing? <laughs> and they're chasing him. Yeah, I thought that was a hilarious scene. Um, uh, but I really kind of enjoyed that we're getting Anya's backstory. Her, her, her real name of Odd. I thought that was interesting, Mm -hmm. and uh, having it changed by DeHoffrin into Anyanka, that was cool. So I really enjoyed that, too. I thought that was a nice little thing. And and again, uh, really gives you the feeling that this is Anya's send-off. We're getting her backstory, and all the stuff that happens it seems like they're ready to send her off on the series and this was a way to do it i thought it was kind of cool oh
1: yeah and i mean we even get you know more of her relationship with Halfrick that they were part of the Russian revolution in the early 1900s and then we get the, i mean the flashback of flashbacks we get a little bit of a retcon to once more with feeling Right about a, a few months before the failed wedding, that we yeah. get a flashback to that. I was really blown away that they went back to that.
0: I, I totally forgot about that, Jay. I did not remember her coming back and singing a new song. And I, I was too. I was like, oh my god, she's actually going to sing a song. I, I thought I thought it I, was cool.
1: I mean, another reason I thought, man, this really is her last show because talk about doing your greatest hits. I mean, they're really doing everything Uh here, you know, for her. But but I mean, we'll go ahead and say it now. This isn't it. I mean, Anya's still a part of the show to the, to the end. So that turns out to not work. But just in this episode, I, I like the fact that they're playing all of those notes. Like I, and I was okay with that. Like if this had been it, I think I'd have been okay with it.
0: Yeah. I think they really sent, would have sent her off on a very good note. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's sad, but then, people leaving the show has always been sad, right? Right. Either by death or by uh, some sad circumstance that they're no longer on the show. Mm -hmm. So I think it would have been a a proper way to send her off. And and I fully expected after watching this, I was like, Holy crap. You know, I fully expected her not to come back, especially not as soon as she does.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So, but I mean, it's, it is, it is really deep. And now let me ask you this because they leave us with this feeling and it's kind of the undertone of everything here is that Anya just has this incredible emptiness, In her life, right? Yeah. That she's tried to fill with so many other things. And I, I wanted to sort of parallel that if we could to the way Buffy felt last season for so much of it. That she was, well, what, what she keeps saying, you know, I want the fire back and, you know, Mm I'm going through the motions mm -hmm. and all this stuff. Everything she did last year was essentially to just try to kickstart herself back into life, right? That she's had nothing. And Anya's in the same boat. I don't know. I thought that was interesting that, you know, the pit, of this episode is a woman who's seemingly come out of that deep dark depression against a woman who's in it.
0: Yeah, I like the f- I like what they did here. I mean, it, it's it's showing that her human side really had a big effect on her as whatever a demon a a, a being right. Uh-huh. She can't shake that that misery that she feels after what happened between her and Xander I mean she just can't And, and it's affecting her work and it's affecting her desire to do the work she thought that she wanted to get back to being a vengeance demon but the reason she wanted to was to get back at Xander when she couldn't do that she just doesn't take pleasure in what she does anymore and I like that struggle for her to find a purpose for herself now she's a vengeance demon who doesn't want to perform vengeance right right? not not the vengeance that she's expected to and she has all these human feelings still and she just she just feels lost and I I like that and yeah I don't think it's as extreme as what we saw with Buffy but I like the parallel that they did there and and all of this and I I like the struggle uh, between Buffy and Xander and Willow when Buffy Mm -hmm. has come to the conclusion that she has to take Anya out I loved that scene between all three of them uh, trying to you know see things through and xander saying no you can't do this and buffy's saying i have to and he's being himself himself herself and she says look i killed angel to save the world i didn't want to i didn't want to do it but i did what i had to do and this is what i have to do and i thought that was a powerful scene between the three of them because let's face it that could have shattered their bond well- had she actually done that
1: well, it also discover we get them into the discovery here. Willow finds out Xander never told Buffy that she was, you know, in the process of restoring Angel's soul. You know, because, right. because Xander, you know, remember his line was, you know, she says go kick his ass. You right. know, because as we know, why the hated angel and hated Angel yep. was even
0: more, and so I thought that was cool, yeah
1: yeah, and i'm I'm almost like, why but they need to they never they didn't go enough places with that for me, and I realize part of that is this this story's about Anya, the other thing, and this is just logistics, Sarah Michelle Geller was there for three days, she was busy getting married to Freddie Prince Jr, so she really wasn't there for most of this episode, so they had to yeah. shoot her stuff fast, but I would have liked to have seen that explored a little bit more, but I'm glad that they put that in there at least you know we're starting to wrap things. Up and we've talked about this season. You know, they said it in the first episode. We're going back to the beginning. We're gonna, you know, complete the circle. All this kind of stuff. And they're certainly going through and hitting on a lot of big moments from the past and bringing them forward to what's happening now.
0: Yeah. No, they are. And I and I like it too. I think it's a good, they, I, they know that this is the last season for them. And so they're, they need to tie some ends up and things like that. And I, it's kind of cool. Cause this is, we're talking five seasons since that event happened and they're finally bringing it back to the forefront. That's kind of neat that they can use that and call back to that, that pivotal moment. And, and to see that as part of the friendship and and wondering what's going on and, and all that. And to use it in this moment was kind of a cool thing. I I really enjoyed that little tidbit that they threw in there. And and I like that they're doing that a lot in this season. They're really saying, you know, paying homage to what they've done the six seasons before, I think.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, they, they certainly want to get to all those issues. So let me ask you this. What did you you make of the fight with her and Buffy? Do you think Buffy would have actually killed her, or did she want to kill her? I mean, the answer is there, but uh, it's worth discussing here is how Buffy got to that point.
0: Mm -hmm. I think Buffy would have killed her if she had to, Mm -hmm. and I think she felt she had to do that. Um, She didn't know what Willow was doing with DeHoffren, so she didn't know DeHoffren was going to show up. Mm -hmm. I don't think she wanted to kill her by any stretch of the imagination. She was probably hoping that something else would happen to not – make her have to kill her. But she, I think, would have totally killed her had De Hoffer not shown up.
1: Well, and I mean, she did stab her with the sword, so I, it was clear she yeah. was willing to go through with it. I'm just, I, I'm curious to hear, you know, your thoughts as to... We've seen Buffy go through this struggle how many times now? Where she's got to go kill somebody that is close mm-hmm. to her at one time. But you know, Angel, Faith, uh, you know, it goes on and on. The list is, is long and distinguished at uh, Spike at different times, which should have happened a long time ago. I'm just going to say <laughs> that one more time. But I mean, there's lots of things and now it's, it's on you, right? It was Willow at the end of last season it was, you know, the, the fight could go to the death and, you know, Buffy's yeah. willing to do that. The fact that her and Anya do square off, and it does get mortal for a second. Like, when she stabs her, that's a cut. And I, I really mm-hmm. thought, I was like, wow, what a way for Anya to have to go out if Buffy takes her out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, definitely. But I, I was hoping, as I was watching, I, I kept thinking to myself one thing, Jay, mm-hmm. is go after the amulet. Mm. strike the amulet and everything's reversed, right? And she'll lose her her powers again because that's what happened the first time. And so I thought that's what Buffy was going to do was go after that amulet and it never came into play, which I thought was kind of odd. Well,
1: maybe, yeah. I mean, clearly she didn't know that that was something she needed to go after either remember no, but that, that was jonas that figured that out so.
0: i yes but anya set, remember this the the uh, the, the the party oh, uh, yeah, episode oh yeah 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 she, anya told them all you have to get her amulet
1: that's right you're right so, so they are right you're right they missed that. i
0: that would have been very interesting okay i had never thought of that but that's a good point yeah so I was hoping that's what she was going to go for and, and she was going to take the amulet off because she's wearing a necklace. You can see it mm-hmm. at, in the whole show. So you assume that that's the amulet around her neck. And so I was hoping that was what was going to happen. And, you know, it ends up being something totally different. But, yeah, I, I think that if Buffy had to, she would have killed her.
1: Right, right. I, let me ask you this. What did you make of the way Sander plays in here? And what what does he want with Anya? That's what I can't well, quite figure out.
0: I think he wants to set things good with them right mm. i think he he and he says plain and simple that he still loves her and i think that's the case but he knows that nothing can be done to take back what happened and because of that it will always be a source of contention between them but that doesn't mean that they have to hate each other Hmm. and i think what he really wants is for anya to not hate him Hmm. and for them to be able to get along again and i think that's really what he's going for here and you know he does love her and he always will love her but Uh, that's what he's trying to do is he knows that she will never love him the same way or, or trust him and that will never work. So he wants just to be on a level where they're, they're friends and they, they can talk to each other and they can be around each other and not feel sad and things like that.
1: Well, I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying or whatever, but can I tell you, I was starting to get tired of that part of the story. I, I'm ready for that to move on to whatever the next level was, and if it meant Anya had yeah. to leave the show, then fine. But I was ready to be through with the 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 catastrophe that was Anya Zander, weren't you?
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. And but I think that that's what this episode does. It finally puts a cap on that. I really do yeah. I, and, I, and I don't remember going forward if it ever comes up again I guess we'll see mm-hmm. however I think that that was what this was meant to do because yes they've mentioned it a few times the the whole episode where Spike and Anya are boinking each other and mm-hmm. a couple episodes later when he says you can't use that excuse anymore it gets old well and, you and up, even you know, that and
1: you know, and that second episode where from beneath you it devours and like they have that confrontation mm-hmm. in the bronze and he's like look you know we got to move on beyond all this stuff right like i don't i don't know I'm, right. I'm glad that they're finally letting that happen and i did like the end conversation on the street i thought it was a good yes. ending for both of them
0: i agree i thought it was a great ending and, and you know it felt like um they were going to make up, you know, at a couple times. But I like how they had it be just a nice conversation to set things straight and, and to say, "Hey, you know what? I do care about you, and I care about your well-being, and you're valuable to this team and to this world. And it's good to have you here." And I like that he gave her that sense because she needed something. And even though she still doesn't know quite what she's there for, she at least has, uh, you know, a, a reason to look for something. And I like that Xander gave that to her.
1: Well, I think what he let her know was it's okay that you're, you don't have to be a demon. You don't have to just be my girlfriend or ex fiance. You you can just be Anya and you're valuable because you're just Anya. Mm -hmm. And even though she's alone, you know, at, at the end of this or whatever, for, I think she's coming to terms with that that's okay. You know, yeah. I mean, don't we talk about that with, with Buffy that, you know, she had to, to learn that not being in a relationship was okay at, at some mm-hmm. point and that, you know, she focused on other things and stuff. So, yeah, that, that she never gets that lesson though. Well, well, no, but, but for moments, fleeting moments, that's part of the lesson for her. I, I don't know. I like that they, they come around with on you for that. Well, I'm, let me ask you though. I mean, what about De Hoffren's whole thing that he's going to punish somebody so he kills Halfrick?
0: Well, you know, and I thought it was a fascinating little scene there because he basically says the only way to reverse is to take another Vegas team's life. And you see that Anya's is willing to sacrifice herself for the good of just getting, you know, reversing what she did for humanity, right? And that's uh, important. But I like de Hoffren's twist. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's not about giving you what you want. No. He's about making you suffer and suffering is what he likes best. And if he has to take back the deaths of all these kids, so that you can feel good about yourself, he's going to make you suffer. And so I thought it was fascinating that he called it. I, I'm with you. I don't. I didn't remember this episode at all, and so I didn't remember that this is how Halfrek is is done away with Mm. um but you know it makes kind of sense because she's the only connection now to the demon world that anya has and so take that away from her so she doesn't have that connection anymore and then she's already lost her friends right or so she feels that way anyway right she's already lost her friends so now she has nothing and you leave her suffering that way and i liked it and i also like the fact that she you saw it, too. I felt that the whole time that she was fighting Buffy, mm. she was trying to get Buffy to kill her. Yeah. She wanted to die. She wanted to be done with this world because there's too much pain in her life and she's causing too much pain in other people's lives. She wanted to die. And she never gets that. But I like Hoffren's little saying at the end, In time, Anyanka, from beneath you it devours in time. And I thought that was awesome.
1: No, it was very cool. Like I said, it was a very cool way to end what had been a a really uh, charged episode i mean from that opening with the violence and everything that happened and and all of anya's up and down we get her backstory to the the struggle with our you know core three over what to do and then the big fight and
0: the ending Mm -hmm. i there's just a lot of raw nerves at the end of this one man yeah, for sure. There is, and it's just a fascinating episode in that sense. But there's one other thing, too, mm-hmm. that we kind of glossed over that we need to talk about. Willow does a lot of the, of the work to find out what happened here. Right. But she also finds the the, the girl who had made the wish, mm-hmm. and that's how she finds out that Anya did it. Well, actually, she, I think, surmised that Anya did it when she saw Anya come out of there and then went in and found the dead people. However, <laughs> um, it's confirmed by the girl, uh, and the spider... Uh, that they have be the attacker comes up from behind her and she uses dark magic to force him off. But what I thought was really fascinating about that is she gets into the dark magic to hold him off and she becomes very mean to the girl who's in the closet. She's like, keep it down, you Twitter, whatever she calls the girl. She gets mad at her. And you could see that that dark magic, she still doesn't have control over it yet and it still makes her an evil person when she uses it. And she gets scared by that. And I thought that was really good.
1: Oh, no, I, I'm with you. I, I like that she's getting more comfortable using those things again, but she's not totally ready to go over there. But I'm also glad that it's not this crutch that she leans on. Like, I can't yeah. use any magic at all. Obviously, Willow's going to use magic, you just use it more responsibly, and that's what we're getting to see her do. So, Yeah. yeah. Well, Brian, I think we're at the point of the podcast where it's time to give final thoughts and dustings ratings for the episode. So what are yours for Season 7, Episode 5, Selfless?
0: Well, I really, really enjoyed this episode. I'm giving it a four dustings, Jay. I thought this was a fantastic episode, especially for one that really focused on one particular character. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a lot of tidbits, obviously, on the other characters, but this was an Anya-centric episode. It was fun to see her backstory. And like we said, if this was the end of Anya on the series, it would have been a fascinating and good send-off to her. They They wrap up a lot of things in this, and they give us a lot of reasons why Anya is the way she is. And and I like that a lot. So for me, this is a four dustings. I really enjoyed this episode.
1: i with you. I agree totally. It's a four dustings. Very strong episode. And like I said, a lot of raw nerves at the end of it. I like that. I like when this show pushes us and pushes buttons on characters and makes them earn the emotions. And I, I want to say, Emma Caulfield does a does a really good job in this episode. Some of the best acting she's pulled on the show in a while. And and a lot of credit to her for, for pulling off and going through the range of the that this show required of her, and uh, particularly this mm-hmm. episode. And I, as we've said, you know, it's not the end of her, but if it had been, it would have been a hell of a send off. And so I'm with you. It's four dustings for me as well. So, Folks, thanks for joining us on this latest episode of The Art of Slaying. You can find more episodes in the archive section of our website, theartofslaying.com. You can also find a link to our Facebook page where you can discuss the episode with other Buffy fans like yourself and follow us on Twitter. Leave us a review on iTunes if you like the show. It really helps other people find the podcast. And we always appreciate your support. Till next time for Brian, I'm Jay. Thanks for listening to the Artist Slayer.
0: Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios, and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only.